Until very recently, Professor Yuval Noah Harari was largely unknown, except enter the World Economic Forum, and all of a sudden, he's a star on the stage of the world. The liberal media is going nuts over the guy. Why? Well, he touts all the liberal boxes. He checks them like nothing else. There is no God. We are, you know, we are supreme. We're going to get there with uh, people being combined with computers. It's going to be an amazing future, etc., etc. Well, what is driving this guy? Why is he a top advisor to the World Economic Forum? Why is everybody waiting with bated breath on his every word? Well, I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with the fact that he's an active homosexual. That's just a hint. This is the John Henry Weston Show, where we're going to go into that in much greater depth. Stay tuned. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Professor Yuval Noah Harari is a highly influential figure, especially in today's politics. But why is he so involved in politics? Well, let's look at his key ideas and beliefs. We can begin to see his motivation into getting into all of this. He's a lecturer at the Department of History in the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Harari uses history, philosophy, and biology in his reflections on what he believes are the most important global challenges facing the world today and strives to focus the public conversation on these issues. So, with this goal in mind, he wrote five books that describe his worldview and the things he thinks others ought to prioritize. He also co-founded Sapienship, the word sapien, of course, coming from homo sapien. So Sapienship, he calls a social impact company with projects in the fields of entertainment and education with the man he refers to as his husband. Uh, and I kid you not, he refers to him multiple times as his husband. And it's actually his original agent as well. His name is Itzhak Yahav. Now, We'll get into all that in a moment, but this company, and I'll quote it for you, advocates for global responsibility through its mission to clarify the global conversation to focus attention on the most important challenges and to support the quest for solutions. And sapienship highlights three problems. Those are technological disruption, ecological collapse, and the nuclear threat, end quote. And of course, hence why he's so popular nowadays. Harari mentions his husband in multiple interviews. And get this, he admits with pride that being gay affects his research, which serves as a major indicator of his worldview. Check this out. Science certainly helped me to accept my sexuality as it is. People often say that it is unnatural to be gay that nature wanted males to love females and females to love males and gay people break the laws of nature. Scientific research taught me that this is utter nonsense. There is just no such thing as unnatural behavior. Anything that exists is by definition also natural. So Harari argues that there is no purpose to sex comparing human sexuality with the sexuality of a chimpanzee. Watch it for yourself. 
For example, among our closest relatives in nature, the chimpanzees, homosexual, homosexual behavior is quite common. Most sexual activities among chimpanzees are not done in order to procreate little chimps. Rather, chimpanzees use sex to cement political alliances, to establish intimacy, and to diffuse tensions. Is there anything unnatural about it? The idea that sex exists only for the purpose of procreation is complete nonsense invented by priests and rabbis. He continues, he said, In truth, our concepts of natural and unnatural are not taken from biology. They're taken from Christian theology, he says. So, as we know, God, of course, did create man to be superior to all other animals, but Harari reduces humanity to its base animal level, describing God as a myth, a big man in the sky who gets angry when two men love one another, he says. And continuing with this kind of language, he says that no big man in the sky uh, gets angry. The only people who get angry are all sorts of priests and rabbis. So he fleshes out this idea of religion as mythology in his book Sapiens, describing how humans became the dominant creature on the earth, and Harari's official website describes this first book as one that analyzes various topics following humanity's development across history and ranging from we rule the world because we are the only animal that can believe in things that exist purely in our own imagination, such as God, states, money, and human rights, end quote. And also, he says, with the help of novel technologies, within a few centuries or even decades, sapiens will upgrade themselves into completely different beings, enjoying godlike qualities and abilities, end quote. So, for example, in chapter 1, Harari claims that, and I quote, We assume that a large brain, the use of tools, superior learning abilities, and complex social structures are huge advantages. It seems self-evident, he says, that these have made humankind the most powerful animal on earth. But humans enjoyed all these advantages for a two, full two million years while remaining weak and marginal creatures, end quote. In the next chapter, he explains his theory of war, in which he says, and I quote, Having so recently been one of the underdogs of the savannah, that means the desert, we are full of fears and anxiety over our position, which makes us doubly cruel and dangerous. Many historical calamities, from deadly wars to ecological catastrophes, have resulted from this over-hasty jump, end quote. So this is where he's coming from. So if you look into his book he further, he claims this, quote, Fiction has enabled us not merely to imagine things, but to do so collectively. We can weave common myths, such as the biblical creation story, the dreamtime myths of Aboriginal Australians, and the nationalist myths of modern states. Such myths give sapiens the unprecedented ability to cooperate flexibly in large numbers, end quote. In other words, human superiority is the result of storytelling, and humanity's myths bring about our social nature. So picking up where sapiens left off, Homo Deus, is another book of his, explores 
how global power might shift as the principal force of evolution, natural selection, is replaced by intelligent design. And we saw that in his last video, where it's not intelligent design by God, it's our own intelligent design, as he says. Harari reiterates this idea many, many times when talking about technology. Watch for yourself. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. That's what we are. So these clips are from Harari's talks, mostly at the World Economic Forum, where he's not only a contributor, he's an agenda contributor as well. So Harari published a list of errors from this book, Homo Deus, on his website, correcting them. But he maintains that none of these errors changed the core arguments of the book. Most of the corrections were either statistics, dates, or other details, but some, like this one, seemed to be rationalization, an attempt to save his argument in the face of criticism. And I'll quote it for you. While this may have been a public relations stunt more than a serious move, in numerous other companies, algorithms are joining management boards in more discreet ways. Official membership of the board is perhaps still restricted to humans, but what these humans choose to do is increasingly shaped by algorithms. In many cases, the humans just rubber stamp the recommendations of the algorithms." End quote. So having received criticism, Harari responds with a claim that his argument can still stand without this evidence that he originally hoped to support it with. His example of a particular company, now no longer relevant, failed, and he turned to a personal statement about other companies, leaving the specifics behind. He claimed that there were companies with AI on their boards, and of course, there weren't. But clearly, he takes events and fits them into his narrative. His narrative continues to be very empirical and negative. According to Harari, he says, Homo sapiens is a post-truth species whose power depends on created and creating and believing fictions. So Harari says he believes in science and its two processes of deterministic and random processes. Now, a combination of the two, he claims, uh, creates probability. And he suggests the closest thing there is to freedom is this probability. But there is no free will. He claims that even though free will was always a myth and not, uh, not a scientific reality. Though free will was always um, a myth and not a scientific reality. The United States Declaration of Independence begins this way. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In his book Sapiens, Harari gives us his own version of this famous sentence. He's a, he puts it this way. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men evolved differently, that they are born with certain mutable characteristics, that means changeable characteristics, and that among these are life and the pursuit of pleasure. Harari's argument is that since there is no creator, he calls God the man in the sky, remember? 
we cannot be created equal, and therefore human beings cannot be endowed by the Creator with any unalienable rights. We see Harari translating the Declaration of Independence into biological terms, an error that he seems to habitually commit. In fact, Harari claims that everything, right from free will to happiness, must pass the scientific meter, thus rubbishing or making garbage all of philosophy. He's willing to speak his logic and take it to its logical extreme, which is always a good test of things. But where he gets to is, of course, insanity. He says there's no free will. People shouldn't be given, you know, uh, inalienable rights at all. They're, they don't have them. And so he's willing to put all of that on the table. He's really willing to speak openly about for, forcibly getting the jab, how that should be tracking people, he doesn't care about freedom. He doesn't care about human freedom at all. And at least that way he's being consistent when many others would not. It's a very scary reality he's pointing to. It's a very alarming thing. And that's why for those people with some sanity left, his videos are totally alarming. But you've got to see the devotion that follows him from the left. People are enamored. Uh, video hosts say, Oh, I can't wait to have you back on again. It's so good. I feel all tingly when you come on. That's not even an exaggeration. Watch. It's brilliant, and it's out right now. Please welcome one of the brightest minds on planet Earth, the incredible Yuval Noah Harari. How are you? Yuval, thank you for coming back I'm to good, speak to us you. on the show. We're so happy that you were uh, here. Thank we... you for inviting me again. Oh, we would have you on every week. I mean, just for me personally, for my own <laughs> sense of self. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you.